0: everyone. My name's Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here. Have you ever had your notes fall right before you're about to get up? I just walked over there and grabbed my stand and my notes fell right on the floor. Well, let's, uh, let's go to God in prayer. We're glad you're here with us this morning. Let's ask God to bless our time. Father, we love you and we just thank you that you're here with us today. We ask that you would lead us today, that you would encourage us, that we would, we would hear from you. And Father, you would uh, feel our praise and Lord, we just open our hearts today, waiting to hear from you, waiting for you to encourage us. And Lord, we, uh, we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in August of 2011, I was uh, at the Neighborhood Cafe. Uh, it's in Old Town, downtown uh, Lee Summit here. Many of you uh, have probably been there. I've had some great breakfast meetings. And it wouldn't be a proper uh, sermon without me talking about food. And uh, I can remember one important thing about that meeting, and it was the cinnamon rolls. And if you've uh, been to the neighborhood cafe, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They bring out tremendous cinnamon rolls before uh, the meal. And I met that uh, morning, my wife and I, and Daniel and Christian, and we met, and that morning I heard the vision for Journey Ch- uh, Church International for the first time in August 2011. And, and I can tell you that as I was there, Um, my what drew me to JCI and probably what drew most of you was what I heard that day I heard the vision for JCI for the culture and the impact that our church would have and it was something that had been burning in my heart based on what had been burning in my life based on previous experience based on what I believe a church is to do what I heard that day was exactly what I wanted to do it's, it's exactly what drew me to Journey Church International back in August of 2011. And the original JCI core values I wanted to share with you this morning, Pastor Christian touched on them last week, and this is what I heard that day that drew me, that caused me to want to be a part of what we're doing. We had the value of simplicity. Our original JCI core values was simplicity. We weren't out to have church five nights a week and overwhelm you and, and really cause you to almost experience spiritual burnout. But we wanted to have a place where it was what we did was simple, how we did it, and the way we did it was a simple way to lead people into our next core value, which was spiritual growth. Spiritual growth, of course, is the fact that we wanted to encourage people in Bible reading, in small groups, and really, as our mission statement says, take people who are far from God and help turn them into passionate Christians. And then radical appreciation. If you've been here long enough as a volunteer, hopefully you have felt the fact that we want to radically appreciate your time and effort for the kingdom purposes that you're here for. And then generosity was the last one. And, I, I, and hopefully you've seen we've worked hard to push the values of our church into the DNA and culture uh, of our church and of our people, particularly those of simplicity, of spiritual growth and radical appreciation, all except really generosity now as we've as we've sat with the financial consultants you've heard pastor christian talk we brought in some financial consultants last week we had an opportunity to talk with them and they shared some things they we had them come in and really do a financial audit as well as help guide us in the future uh, of the finances for our church and one reality hit us as we were talking with them and that is this we've not worked intentionally to develop a spirit and a DNA of generosity deep within our people. Now, we've lived generosity as an organization. I think you've seen that. We've lived generosity as an organization, but we've not challenged and taught our people how to release the generosity that that should be deep within our spirit. Even though, as as you read your Bible, the Bible says that it's within the spiritual DNA of who we are as followers of Jesus. We just have to unlock it. And if you remember last week in Acts 20 verse 35, Pastor Christian shared this verse and spoke on it last week. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself when he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now our ushers are going to stand in place and they've got some some Bibles that they're going to share with you. If you didn't bring one today, this is our gift to you if you don't have one you're welcome to keep it if you just need one to use today these bibles are for you to reference the passage that it will open up to we're gonna be looking at second corinthians here in a few moments but I, I'll tell you what I I love to study God's Word and I had an opportunity yesterday to take my kids down to one of the groups that we send volunteers in downtown Kansas City Missouri we go to the hope faith ministry and I took my kids and my family down there yesterday and we worked with some homeless people and, and had an opportunity to love on them. And one of the guys that I talked to was really struggling. And as I talked with him, I could tell that anger was an issue that he really struggled with. And I was just able to share what God's word had to say about it. And he just, he just smiled at me and said, thank you. I need to hold on to that verse because I really struggle. And it was James one twenty, And it says, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. And he was like, that's it. Because he talked about how he wants to honor God in his life. And I just so in, enjoyed sharing that verse. And then as I was preparing for this sermon this week, I was uh, flipping through. This is the first Bible that I ever got. And I've preached out of it now every time that I've preached here. Because I've, it's, it's not the one I read on a regular basis. But I grabbed it because I love to preach out of it. And these were stuck in there. And it was awesome to see. These are dated December 10th, 2000. And these are my memory verses that I was working on. And I can remember, and and it's interesting as I look through these, many of these are the verses that I use as I talk with people and as I share God's word with people. So I love to to read God's word. And uh, one of the translations of the Bible that maybe you're familiar with is the message. And the message was written by Eugene Peterson. And he wrote the message because he wanted a translation of the Bible that was... Uh, very simple for his kids to understand, so that as they read it, they would be able to... uh, It's a paraphrase. Excuse me, I'll make sure I use the right term. It's a paraphrase of the Bible. It's not meant to be an exact translation of the Bible. It's a paraphrase. But the message, he wanted his kids to be able to read it and be able to simply understand the message that God gives us through his word. Well, he's also written a Bible study curriculum, Eugene Peterson, and it's called Run With the Horses. And it's, it's, the subtitle is A Quest for Life at Its Best. And there's a place in Jeremiah chapter 12 where, where God is basically saying, how have you not been able to run with men? How are you going to run with the horses? And this Bible study is a, a, a curriculum to try to challenge Christians to run with the horses for God. Can you imagine being able to run with the horses? It's, it's one thing to be able to run a race and keep up with men, but be able to run so hard and fast you're able to keep up with the horses. But on generosity, within this Bible study curriculum, he has a a, a quote that I want to share with you this morning that will be up on the screen if you want to follow with me. He's speaking on generosity, and listen to what he says. He says, the adult swallow, the bird, the adult swallow got alongside the chicks and started shoving shoving them out towards the end of the branch, pushing, pushing, pushing. The end one fell off. And somewhere between the branch and the water below, the wings started working and the little bird was off on his own. Then the second one. The third one, however, was not to be bullied. At the last possible moment, his grip on the branch loosened just enough so that he swung downward, then tightened again. This thing's hanging upside down. Bulldog tenacious. The parent pecked at the desperately clinging talons until it was more painful for the chick to hang on then risk the insecurities of flying. The grip was released, and the wings began pumping. The mature swallow, the mom knew what the chick did not know, that it would fly, that there was no danger in making it do what it was designed to do. Birds have feet, and they can walk. Birds have talons and can grasp a branch securely. They can walk, they can cling, but flying is their characteristic action. And not until they fly are they living at their best. He says this in this quote, Giving is what we do best. It's in the air into which we were born. It is the action that was designed into us before our birth. Some people try desperately to hold on to themselves, to live for self, hanging on to the dead branch of selfishness and self centeredness, afraid to risk themselves on the untried wings of giving. Yet many people don't think they can give generously because they've never tried. And as I read that verse this week, I thought about it you know what? This month, this month as a church, we're going to try. From the monkeys in India that we talked about last week where the the monkey, they found out how to capture monkeys by putting it in uh, some goodies inside of a coconut and they would grab it and they would not let go. They were so selfish, they would not let go and they would be captured. So from monkeys to India to to birds uh, on branches to the statistics that Pastor Christian shared last week about the fact that divorce and suicide and stress are caused so much by financial tension in people's lives. The financial philosophy of the world we live in today of hold on to as much as you can for as long as you can. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's not working. It's not working. Holding on to as much as you can for as long as you can. And we, we've got we've to find a way to view the power of money and resources in our lives and in our church. And I believe the way that we're going to do so is generosity, or is as the front of your bulletin calls it, open-handed living open-handed living. So our generosity journey started last week. Pastor Christian began it, and he, of course, talked about open-handed living, starting to begin to look at the heart of of what we're dealing with. And today, we're going to look at understanding my next step, of course, the generosity ladder that I'm going to lead you through here in a moment. And then uh, on October 27th, we're going to look at the blessing zone next week with Pastor Christian. And then November 3rd, the Global Impact Sunday, where we'll have the the folks from Africa whose son died on the mission field. And they're going to tell you about the mission work they've been doing in Africa. And on November 10th, we're going to have a young man come who's starting a church who we've known for a long time. And we're going to talk about generosity up close, our church planning Sunday. And then November 17th, we'll talk about why it's so hard to give. But today, our generosity journey is through the baby steps of generosity. Open your Bible to Second Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and you'll see in verse 7 through 12 is where we're at today. And if you'd like, you can do what I like to do. I like to underline my Bible. I like to make notes of things that are encouraging to me. These are things that I often re- refer to later. That really challenge me. But listen to today's text. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 7 through 12 says this. But this is this is Paul speaking. But since you excel in everything, in faith and speech in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich, verse 10 and here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter last year you were the first not only to give but also to have the desire to do so verse 11 now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means verse 12 for if the willingness is there the gift is acceptable according to what one has not according to what one does not have. And I believe as we look at this text, I want to give you just four quick facts about generosity from this text. And the first one I think is clear. We see it in verse 7. In verse 7, he said, Excel in the grace of giving. And so the first fact that I think we see from this text very clearly is that every Christian, every Christian can excel in giving. Every Christian can excel in generosity. In verse 8, we see what he says. What did he say? He said, test the sincerity of your love. And so the second quick fact that I think we see here is that our generosity can be a good test of our spiritual sincerity. It's not. Don't get me wrong. It's not the only test, but I think it's a good test of our spiritual sincerity. And number 3, in verse 10 and 11, he says, now finish the work that you've started. You began with a willingness, a willing, eager heart to, to, to give. Now, now finish what you've started. And so thirdly, I think our generosity journey, it has a starting point and it has a finishing point. And then number four, uh, verse 12, he says, for if the willingness is there. So verse four, I think, tells us our, 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 gener- our, excuse me, point number four says our generosity journey is based on the willingness of our heart, not the levels of our bank account. And I think too often people get that confused. They think, well, I don't have a lot, so I, I really can't give. Well, it's based on the willingness of our heart, not how much is in our bank account. So today, I want to I assure you, today isn't a money talk. Uh, today is a heart talk. Today is, a, is, a, is an, obf- uh, an observation day for you, and it's a day to learn. Uh, really, where, it, it's, how many of you have seen the uh, little puzzles, Where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Of course, you've got to find him in this deal. Where's Waldo? And today's kind of like, where is your heart in this where's Waldo picture of generosity? And it's also kind of a maze for for spiritual giving. Where are you in the maze of spiritual giving? In in a sense, we want you to look uh, and figure out how do you get from where you are through the maze of where God wants you to be. So today's kind of a a where's Waldo and maze kind of a day if, if that doesn't confuse you enough. But uh, the question will be, how do we get there? How many of you remember the movie with Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfus several years ago? It was hilarious. What about Bob? Remember the movie, What About Bob? I think we've got a, a picture of, of Bill Murray. And of course, you know, he's given this little pet fish. We're not going to give any of you little pet fish to carry around your neck today. Um, but in the movie, he you know, really has some, some, some social anxieties. He has some real difficulties. And so Richard Dreyfus is his psychiatrist. And as you know, he's getting ready to go on vacation. And Bill Murray's like, No, you can't do that. <laughs> what, how am I going to live? What am I going to do? Huh? You know, he can barely make it from one room to the next because he gets so nervous about the next room. And so he enters into this concept. How many of you remember it? Baby steps. Baby steps. And so he begins to, he's like, baby steps, baby steps out the door, baby steps into the hallway, baby steps into the elevator, and he's still kind of creeped out, and then as the elevator doors, ah, he freaks out in the elevator, but baby steps, baby steps is how we're going to do it, and so today we're going to talk about the steps of the generosity ladder, okay, today, if you're here, take a deep breath, and we're just going to learn the baby steps of the generosity ladder. And step number one on the generosity ladder, if you'll follow with me today, there'll be five steps, and I think you'll get a good grasp of, uh, of, of how this plan works in a person's life. Step number one is the casual giver. Now, this is a person who, who comes to church. Um, they didn't come to church with the idea that they were going to give. They didn't come with their check written out, uh, prepared to give. Um, but within the service... Sometime during the service, they hear something that moves them. They hear something that grabs a hold of their heart and they decide, you know what, I want to make a decision. Right now, I'm going to give to that. Uh, It's a generous person whose heart is moved to action and they give spontaneously. Um, and, And so the generosity mindset of this person is, I can help and I should help. And and it's not a value. It's not like how much. It's not even kind of. It's not like they've made a. Fi- you know, I was doing my budget, and this is not a financial decision they've made. It's it's one that they've been moved in their heart to do something. It's given it's kind of like whatever they have immediate access. You know, the the money in their pocket, and it's it's generous because it's spontaneous. You know, maybe it's maybe it's twenty dollars towards this or twenty five towards that. Again, it's not the amount that matters. It's the fact that. Something has moved in their heart and they realize they want to do something. Uh, this is really the first heartbeat of generous giving. It's the first step. It, it's kind of like, I see a need, I want to meet a need. Um, this level of giving, this level of giving is 1,000% from the heart. Just literally, it's 1,000% a heart decision. They just, I, I see something, I. Man, I want to do that. What can I do? Uh, I wanted to share a little bit of my story today as, as I think about the generosity ladder in my own life. I didn't grow up in church. I, you know, some of you, I, I, you've heard my story. Others of you have not. I didn't grow up in church. Uh, I, I grew up in a family that we went maybe occasionally, but, but not very often. So you can imagine that I didn't grow up seeing any kind of model of giving on a regular basis. I had never given in my life into my, my early 20s. It wasn't like I just knew that I was to give to support something. I didn't know to do that. Um, I, I would say we were a Christian family in the sense of we lived in America. Oh, we live in America, so I, of course I guess we're a Christian family. But but I didn't grow up with, with any sort of knowledge that there was a God who wanted to have a personal relationship with me. Uh, but I can remember as I came to Christ, I came to... A, 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 a knowledge and understanding and a desire to follow Christ as my Savior in my early 20s. At age 23, I said, that's it. I, I get it, God. I need you. I need you as my Savior, and I gave my life to him. And I can remember going to church, and I can remember being drawn by something in the service, and I remember what it was. I can remember the first time that I gave. They were, giving, they were saying, who would like to help support a kid go to youth camp? I made a heart decision. I wanted to help a kid go to youth camp. And you know why? Because I didn't grow up, I never went. <laughs> I never went to youth camp. I would have loved to go to youth camp, and I thought, what kid may not get to go because they don't have any money? And I made a heart decision that day to give. I think it was twenty dollars, and you know, back then that was like a million, right? You know, it was so long ago. Um, uh, you know, I gave I gave I gave twenty dollars, but I wanted to help a kid get to go to camp. I remember making that heart decision, and maybe this is where, some, where some of you are today. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you're here, and and maybe through an announcement you hear about one of our causes, or you hear about something that's going on, and so you're like, wait a minute, what what, what do I got in my wallet? I, here, I, I want to give towards that. Maybe you give all of it, or maybe you give part of it. I don't know, but but you make a heart decision, and you give. Because your heart has been moved. It feels good to do something. Um, And again, this is the first step on the generosity ladder. And I I just want to say thank you for giving. Thank you for having your heart moved and wanting to be a part of something. Um, Step number two on the generosity ladder is is consistent, a consistent giver. Now the generosity mindset of this person is, wait a minute, I, I believe in what this ministry supports. I believe in what they're doing here, and and it's it's interesting. They like that church becomes my church, and they becomes we, and all of a sudden it's like I I get it. I, I I buy into what's going on here, and and every everyone begins as a casual giver with the heart, and then all of a sudden the mind kicks in, and they begin to say, "Man, I I want to do this more consistently," and I remember giving as I said for the first time. And then I, I remember realizing after a few weeks of, of going there and a few months, it's like, man, I would like to support what they're doing more often. And so I can remember giving, and, and I remember it kind of being painful, kind of like, wait a minute, I could, I could probably do something with that money, but I just put like 20 or 30, wait a minute, I could have bought lunch after church, but, but it was all of a sudden my mind kicked in at the same time, my heart and my mind. And I remember I wanted to be consistent in what I was doing. And this level of giving is, it's now 50% of the heart, but again, your mind kicks in like, I believe in what they're doing. I want to be a part of this. And so it's now, I, I should do this. And you become a consistent giver. I believe in what's happening here. And so there's a casual giver and then a consistent giver. Someone that's like, I, I'd like to do this more often. And I can remember Heather and I, we began to give a couple of times a month um, because we wanted to help what they were doing. Now the, the third step... The third step in the generosity ladder is the proportional giver. And the generosity mindset of this person is, my generosity is based on my income, which which now, through spiritual growth, I understand, I now see as a blessing from God in my life. It's a blessing in my life to be shared. And the proportional giver, if you remember last week, sees themselves as a receiver, meaning they've begun to realize that what their income is a gift from God now we understand we got to work hard and we go out and do it but the the ability to work the opportunity to work how many of us pray for God to give us a job we get a job and then all of a sudden forget that he helped give us that job or help forget that he gave us the mind and the tools to do that job and, but not the money part you just got me the job the money's not yours we, we, we forget wait a minute but when when I'm a proportional giver I begin to understand that what I get is his and so this level of giving for the proportional giver is now 33% heart. It's 33% mind, but now the spiritual has kicked in, and it's 33% spiritual. This person begins to tie into their mind. They begin to tie the spiritual side to their to their giving, and it becomes proportional to their income. Maybe they give 2% or 3% or 5%, but it's tied into their income, which they believe is a gift from God. You remember Pastor Christian last week shared the statistics and showed us and talked about the fact that you know, the United States is the most blessed country in the world financially. Um, some dollar facts, and this came from Generis, the group that did our audit and gave us some financial uh, counseling. Uh, basically, their statistics show us that the median income in the United States is a little over 52000 The median income in Lee Summit is 72000 so not only do we live in a blessed nation, but we live in an extremely an area that is significantly higher than even the national average. And, and some make more, some make less. That's not important. But generosity is the heart of the matter. And it's the attitude towards what is received that's important in this proportional giver. You know, I think we have to realize that blessing is in our perspective of what we have and not our paycheck. Because if you remember from what was shared last week, if you make more than $2 a day, if you make more than $2 a day, you're in the top 2% of all income earners in the world. If you make more than $2 a day. In fact, we we talked about the fact that if you made $25,000 a year from age 25 to 45, you've had an opportunity to make $1 million. $1 million has gone through your hands from the age of 25 to 45 if you just make uh, 25000 a year. So for this proportional giver, all of a sudden, God has stepped into your giving equation. You go from a casual giver to consistent to realizing, wait a minute, this is, this is God's, I want to give it, which, which kind of leads to the question, which leads to the question, what does God say about giving? Which leads us to step, step number four. And step number four is the tithing giver. The tithing giver on the generosity ladder. Now the tithe is a term, um, the definition is it's a tenth. The tithe is a tenth. It's not a casual gift, it's a percentage, it's ten percent. It's not two or three or five, it's ten percent. It's giving based on what God asked for. And so the generosity mindset of this person, the generosity mindset within their heart, mind, and soul is, my generosity shows my trust in God and my obedience to Him. And this giving, it's, it's primarily a spiritual decision. If you look at the breakdown now of this person, this level of giving is 50% spiritual. It's still 25% heart and 25% mind, but but the majority of it is i'm i'm in obedience i'm i'm desiring to be in spiritual obedience to what god wants and i can remember when heather and i as we as i said we started to give as casual givers pretty soon after that we went to consistent and then heather and i quickly went into becoming tithing givers and i don't i don't say that please for any accolades anything i learned at church i came i read my bible messages were given And I learned that I was supposed to read my Bible, and so I read my Bible. Messages were were preached, and I read my Bible, and it said that I was supposed to serve, and, and I began to serve. I just, I wanted to be obedient. I wanted to do what God wanted me to do, and I wanted to be close. I wanted to be right up next to what God wanted me to do. And so I just, I quickly wanted to do what the Bible said, and we became, we became tithers. And, and uh, so, so tithing, giving, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. Pastor Christian's going to spend a little more time on this next week. Uh, but it is the fourth step in the generosity ladder. Now the fifth step, I'm going to take a moment, and it's, it's the legacy giver. Step number five on the generosity ladder is the legacy giver. And the, the generosity mindset of this person is, I cannot outgive God. I just, I cannot outgive him. Um, this level of giving is one thousand percent spiritual. Literally, it's just, it's yours, God. I can't outgive you. There's really no harder mind is driving this. This is just clearly. I know that you will take care of me. This is one thousand percent spiritual. John Wesley was a great man of God, and and he has a, a wonderful um, a quote here. This is uh, from him. He says, "Make as much as you can." save as much as you can, and give as much as you can. I don't know about you, but as I read that, I thought, that, that's a legacy giver mentality. I just want to make as much as I can so I can save as much as I can so I can give as much as I can away. That's a legacy giving mentality. Now, legacy giving is where our church has crossed over to. I, I, I want you to know that, and we try to kind of make it clear every week, our church gives 12% of whatever comes in. The first 12 goes back out. Now, if 10% is what God asked for, and, and we're doing uh, 12% as a church, we, we purposely, we do this intentionally. We want to give above and beyond. We want to be a, a legacy-giving organization. In fact, um, since our church started, we've given over $150,000 away to either local or internationally in helping people and starting and helping causes. 150 some thousand. So we, we've done that. In fact, at times we've even had people like, you sure you can do that? Oh, absolutely. We, this, is, this is the heartbeat of what we do. We do this intentionally. And I mentioned our financial consultants earlier, the Generis Group. Um, this is a, a Christian organization, and they go around and they help churches. And one of the key questions that they asked us After they'd met with us, after they'd look over our financials, and after they interviewed and talked to some people, one of the key questions they had for this was, can you continue to live as a legacy church without legacy individuals? That's what they asked us. And so it it kind of causes us to ask the question of the series. And the question of the series is, can Journey Church International be a generous church without generous individuals? Now, with your mind, you would say, well, no, if there's not generous individuals, you you won't be able to maintain that. You won't be able to do that. You would think that, or or, not like we'd like to be. But here's the interesting thing. This is a spiritual decision. And so the answer we believe is yes. We believe that we absolutely, because we believe this. We believe that if we will be, if we continue as legacy givers, we believe as, as an organization, if we continue to be legacy-giving organization, that God will continue to provide us with the, with the financial resources to remain a legacy-giving organization that is able to give 12% and possibly more in the future. There are some churches that are able to do more as they continue to, continue to grow. We believe that if we're generous as an organization, we believe this. The answer to that question is yes for this reason. We believe God will either bring us more and more people who are already on the generosity ladder, who, who know what to do, who know how to give and know how to support what's going on. Or we believe that he will birth. We believe that he will birth among us generous givers. We believe that he will birth generous givers who are willing to move along the generosity ladder. I believe that he will move and birth like he birthed in my life and in my wife's life and in my family's life. He'll, he'll birth within people who will want to move further and further down the generosity ladder so that our church, for years and years to come, could be a legacy organization. You saw the pic, uh, pictures last week of of the bicycles that were bought. You've seen the, the house in Guatemala over the last couple of years that we've built and, and the things that we've done in the community. Those are things that the, the giving of our church and the giving of our people have helped make possible. And, and we don't want to slow that down. We want to continue to do those things. So as we, as we think about those thoughts, there's some questions that I have for you all to ponder. And they're this, if you want to write these down on your sermon notes. What stage of the generosity ladder are you currently on? Just ask yourself, what stage of the generosity ladder am I on? Am I a casual giver? Am I a consistent giver? Am I proportional? Am I a tithing giver? Or am I a legacy giver? And then the second question I want you to ask yourself is, um, what is your spiritual next step on the generosity ladder? What would be my next step, God? What would you you call me or my wife and I to do? And then the third one I want to ask you is, if you have a heart for JCI to, to, to continue to be a legacy organization, will you consider taking your either first step or next step on the generosity ladder so that JCI can continue to do that? Are you willing to to take the first step or the next step on that generosity ladder? Now I want to close in prayer with a a prayer that our pastoral team has been praying, and it's the same thing that Paul prayed for Philemon. And if you would bow your heads as I read this verse, and then we're going to pray. Philemon 1.6 says this, And this is Paul, he's praying, he says, And I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Did you hear that? And I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ.